right, here we go. Welcome to the 52nd episode of News Dump, brought to you by Summit Funding, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm Chronicle Associate Editor Aaron Vantile, joined as always by Editor-in-Chief Eric Schwartz, and our number one boy, the pick-and-roll king, the big, <laughs> lanky, lefty, the Ben Simmons of this podcast, Luke Kilgore. I have a much better mid-range jump shot. He's more of a Sean Bradley, I think. He's a- <laughs> I do get, no, I don't get dunked on very much. <laughs> Uh, Kilgore, I assume you saw Ben Simmons' performance the other night. Yeah, I saw him pass up a wide-open dunk, and I also saw a Bleacher Report poll. 95% of people that voted in that poll wanted him traded. Uh, He's not going to be long for Philadelphia. Anyway, moving on from sports, it's Monday, June 21st, and fellas, Mm. is it hot enough for you? I mean, we're all sitting here shirtless, so I would say so. Well, I mean, that's normal. Yeah. It's like 120 degrees in here. It's so hot. It's so just, uh, we have an update on Puzzlegate from last week. Mm. Ah, yes, yes. May culpa. I am. Uh, I'm very, very, very embarrassed to report that the puzzles were were wrong after all, <laughs> and uh, that was our bad. And, I can't believe uh, how defiant you defended that. <laughs> I know. Well, I was very confident. Our uh, designers looked into it and then reported back that uh, they checked and they were correct. So you know, I'm going to place the blame for this squarely where it belongs on the designers. Yes. So <laughs> wait. So who did the double checking? Uh, there's only a single checking for the for the puzzles. So, yeah, I'm not going to name names. Bot- no, no, I'm not saying what department got to the bottom of it. Finally, uh, uh, design. They ultimately found their own error. So, well, hmm. I really hope none of them listen to this podcast. I hope. I you really sent, doubt uh, they do. We do love you- them and they do great work, except for right here. Yeah. Did we you send a, the negative? Send a reply to the person who pointed it out and be like, you know what? You were right. The puzzles were not too hard for you. They were wrong. It was uh, it was a phone call to the front. I'm honestly shocked that we didn't get more calls on it. And I'm not sure if the puzzles were like completely wrong or if the answers and the puzzles didn't mix. Um, I am sure we have spent entirely too much time on this topic. Wait, 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 wait. So you didn't figure out what the error was? Personally? Yeah. No, but the error was figured out. Oh. Have you ever done your own puzzles? No. I actually don't know how to do the puzzles. Is it Sudoku? I don't know how to Sudoku? do the Sudoku. No. Hmm. Don't know how to play the game. Well, there's numbers involved. <laughs> I like a good word search, though, which we do have. <laughs> the word search, yes. This was true. a Sudoku error? One of our designers found a misspelling in the word search the other day and fixed it in Photoshop. So. The word search is the T-ball of the puzzle page. <laughs> well, that is where I'm balling out. So <laughs> uh, We had planned a segment on uh, People Magazine released their 100 Things to Like About America issue a few days ago and we had planned on doing 10 things we love about lewis county do you love that scale down by the way yeah well 100's a lot you know <laughs> especially yeah yeah anyway we didn't get to it so feel free to imagine the things you love about lewis county uh, on your own and we will jump into news fine maybe had... one day we'll get the top 10 though maybe one day uh our first story is from shahalis Mm-hmm. And it is following outcry at meeting, Shahila School Board tables decision on transgender affirming policy. There's a lot to unpack here, so we'll skip over most of it. What? So you're just not going to unpack? <laughs> the school board was going to vote on a state-mandated policy that would amend the district's dis- discrimination and bullying approach to include transgender students. But the 75 angry people in the peanut gallery caused them to pause and table a decision until next week, which would be this week. Some also threatened that Shahila's parents in droves would pull their children out of school. Ah. Unless they're going to homeschool their kids, I don't think it's going to matter much because, again, this is a state-mandated thing. You can't just take them to Centralia where they 
are going to do the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. And probably pass that with no problem. We had a follow-up story from Mr. Eric Rosane, Mr. Oh. Mr. Rosane, former mm-hmm. host of this very show. Well, Great he came name. On once. Great name. Um, and in the follow-up, it was noted Centralia has already adopted this policy, right. as has most, uh, right. most districts <laughs> yeah. in the county. But, so but do, oh no, oh no. Do we think uh, this is just a case of people being scared that a horny high school boy is going to identify as a girl just so they can be naked in a girl's locker room? Uh no I don't know you don't, don't so. you don't think the uh, it's it's all a big reaction to a potential like Porky's situation <laughs> you had to bring up Porky's I mean on this a, podcast I mean you are that is a precise <laughs> and accurate comparison I'm but actually I, assuming it was a bit of an oversight that this policy wasn't already enacted in probably just more routine fashion just show up on the agenda gets passed move along I think that's how all the other districts did it I yeah. feel like what what's really gonna come of it just added verbiage. To things, I, I mean, are you complaining about Shahalis not adopting it, or the state mandating it? I'm complaining about Shahalis not adopting it. That, it. that it should have been a pretty easy thing. But I'm saying, like the implementation of it. I mean, it's probably just added verbiage to yeah to, yeah, pick, yeah. to, to the policies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's literally it. So I, I don't know. Uh, the angry mob is not uh, not extremely rare uh, when it comes to public meetings, school districts, city councils. I'm assuming that uh, what's I'm assuming this started somewhere on Facebook, and that there was a post I of some sort. I could imagine, um, and then that everybody rallied around that. I don't believe there was probably a whole lot of um, research into it, but I could be wrong. I wasn't at the meeting. <laughs> the last big angry mob I can remember at a Shayla school board meeting was when they were going to adopt the new uh, mascot for the sports teams. Oh, yeah. They well, were not happy about that. Yeah. The the new picture, right? The was, drawing. Yeah. Yeah, that was... The new picture of a bear cat. Yeah. Digital bear cat. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say, I wasn't a big fan. I thought it was sick. Yeah, no, you look, didn't. Like a rabbit The other skunk. one was just a cougar. <laughs> It yeah, wasn't even have a you seen cat. an actual bear cat, bro? Yeah, it looks like a sloth. It's an Australian skunk. You yeah. want that? You want you want that to be your representation? Do you want your representation to be a lie? Kinda. Well, anyway, a lot uh, of people. I mean, a lot of people out there. <laughs> so misrepresent themselves. Um, yeah, and my takeaway was: if you think the most disturbing thing your kid is going to see at school is a transgender person hastily changing clothes in the locker room, like I don't know, you don't have that much to worry about. I don't think. Like I don't. I don't know. I just want to. I'm not to be that guy, but I don't think it should reflect really poorly on the district. Uh, the superintendent is new. I mean, it was her first full year. Um, she says she was contacted on May 26th. They put it on the agenda for the very next meeting. I think without the mob, they would have probably just quietly passed it. Yeah. Um, and I, even calling a mob, I don't feel ex- exactly comfortable with. Um, it's just a large group of yeah, large group of angry, of displeased people. parents. Uh, Roseanne described them as indignant, and I made sure to look up the definition. I knew what it yeah, meant, but yeah. I wanted to make sure it fit, and I think it does fit. I like that. And the, uh, the superintendent, Christine Maloney, says they're going to pass it, and yeah. OSPI says if you don't, we're probably going to lose some money, so oh, yeah, it'll well, happen. Doesn't that just nudge it right along? Yeah. <laughs> well, good. I get, I get why they paused, though. I mean, at least if you're an elected body and you have this group of people airing their concerns, you would probably want to take some time to consider their concerns and then come back and probably pass it. Yeah. Or pretend to contemplate. I mean, what are the odds that 75 people are going to go to two meetings in a row? (laughs) It doesn't happen very often. (laughs) No, it doesn't. They'll tuck themselves out at the first meeting (laughs) and then you pass it the next one. That's how governments work for years. It's true. Oh, boy. That's how it happens. Uh, Next item. Centralia, a a lighter topic for you guys. Thank you. Also, the pass rule is still in effect from last week. Oh, yes. I did not use mine last week. (laughs) Oh, you have two. No, do I? I banked it? No. Damn it. 
There's no rollover passes. Centralia Amateur Radio Emergency Services to compete in Ham Radio Field Day. That sounds like fun. Thousands of, ham. thousands of hams gather each June for Amateur Radio Field Day. Groups compete to contact as many other stations as possible. Wait, wait, wait. When you say thousands of hams, are you referring to the radios? No, literal hams. Ah, ah. Interesting. Oink, oink. That kind of thing. Thanks. In the competition, hams have the opportunity to practice the skills necessary to be an asset to their communities through amateur radio. Kilgore, you strike me as like a ham radio guy, like you were into it at one point when you were a kid. <laughs> Why would, what would even give you that? I, you like like radio and talking and broadcasting. It feels like ham radio would have been like the, the first step in your journey. I had a, um, no, but I, pr- I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, I had a, a uh, I guess my, my step grandma's brother. Um, he was a big ham radio guy and he just recently passed away, but he had a huge passion for it. So I know that there is a, not a demographic, but a group out there that are very, very into it still and have a very tight knit community. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a cult thing kind of people who laugh at them will laugh until the Cascadia earthquake hits and these ham radio guys are damn, you know what those ham radio guys are They're calling your DoorDash orders in and everything. (laughs) They're going to be just sitting there in their closets going, well, stop, well, stop, well. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know this and I haven't, uh, I haven't researched to see if it's actually true, but the reporters will sit around the, we call it the proofing table and they edit pages as we're on deadline. And so someone looked up ham radio and why they're called ham radio. They were assuming it was an, an acronym or something and it isn't. isn't. The professional radio folks used it as a derogatory term for the amateur folks back in the day, and the amateur folks were like, "We'll just we'll take that. <laughs> we're just we're ham radio it. enthusiasts, yeah." All right, so that's where that started. Oh wow! So they're like the lower class originally. They're amateurs, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hams, amateurs. just a bunch of hams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, moving to East Lewis County. Question: oh, Do we want to? We. Well, I, I've never really considered that. The infrastructure is lacking, apparently. So well, maybe you don't want to. Live I could have told you that, buddy. What do sewers mean for Packwood? Residents weigh in. This is the opening line in Claudia Yaw's story. A Packwood where Dave Matthews' band plays in a large outdoor venue. And I said, hard pass. Okay, was Claudia <laughs> writing this like right after lunch, maybe daydreaming a little bit? <laughs> no, man, they got sewer. Anything's possible out there now. Could turn no, into but, a resort but the first town. thing you're going to go to is Dave Matthews' could band? Could be, could be. Yeah, finally, we got a sewer. Now we can get Dave Matthews. We could... Can you imagine? That'd be the most lit Dave Matthews concert well, you've ever been Well, she also said a Packwood with a cohesive theme, a Packwood with a pottery shop, water park, and pharmacy. It's like, which one of those three doesn't fit? <laughs> like, <laughs> pottery shop, pharmacy, water park. Water park. <laughs> Wildlands point two. As she notes in her story, I don't think that they'd allow a water park. We saw what happened to Crystal Geyser when they tried to start their bottled water factory out yeah, there. See you later, boys. <laughs> Chase them right out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our boy Gary Stamper said at this meeting, we know how septic tanks work. At some point, they're going to fail. We know they're working fine now, but they're going to fail. Okay. <laughs> do they always fail? So do we need to – Is he's just recommending we put something in place for the future here? I feel like maybe Gary Stamper's just clogged a lot of toilets. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh. So unprofessional. Uh, Peter Abarno secured the money. Uh, well, that's, this is his bag, baby. I liked another part of her story where she said the first-term lawmaker is a self-proclaimed sewers guy and has affectionately deemed sewers his love language. Yeah, he's... he's no, repeat, le- repeat that to me again. You can read the story later, okay. Kilgore. You can okay. rewind it. So. Just, his love language. Yeah, there was a lot of people in Packwood did not like this idea. It would raise taxes and other things, according to the comments. Um, I need to see yeah. a, a Packwood tax sheet. Like, what do they pay taxes in Packwood? Well, like, yeah. I, 
Packwood is Packwood Incorporated? No, no. So probably not much. Yeah, exactly. They probably all have like designated forest land exemptions, stuff I, like that. You don't know what you're talking. <laughs> I about. don't know it at all. I don't think that's Packwood at all. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. There's there's trees everywhere, <laughs> and everybody owns a million of them. Yes. Uh, I uh, I would hate to see Packwood grow and blow up to be something like bigger. No water park in Dave Matthews for me. Well, especially no Dave Matthews yeah, for me. Yeah. I, yeah, I like Packwood the way it is. Like it's uh, obviously I don't live there or anything, but I like that it's like half old timey logging industry people and half like just want to get away from society and also kind of be like white pass ski bums people. Yeah, and catering to that crowd. And you can spend a day in Packwood. But yeah. what if White Snake could play there, fellas? <laughs> well, now you're <laughs> well, on their farewell tour. Make it Def Leppard, and we got a deal. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Kiss and Def Leppard farewell tour. Dave Packwood. Matthews is Claudia a Dave Matthews fan? Has to be. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't think so. But. I'm telling you, she was daydreaming after lunch. I don't know about Dave Matthews in Packwood. <laughs> anyway, uh, next story: Lewis County recognizes Juneteenth. This is good. So Joe Biden signed this into law as a federal holiday on Thursday. Jay Inslee signed it in as a state law in May. I think the middle of May. Wait, wait, wait. So Jay was way ahead of this. Yeah, Jay was ahead of it. Yeah. Not Jay yeah, necessarily, but the legislature. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think forty-seven states have recognized it in, like, have officially recognized it. Uh, not all of them have adopted it as a state holiday or anything like that. But uh, yeah, also mm-hmm. it's pretty messed up that two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the army had to roll in to show up in Texas and be like, "Hey, knock that shit off." Mm-hmm. I what I think? think it's a perfectly awesome new holiday, um, and. Also, it's nice to see because it was a fairly nonpartisan issue, which it shouldn't be a partisan issue. But didn't the U.S. Senate pass it unanimously? I saw that headline. I it was. was trying to remember the last time I saw the U.S. Senate passing anything unanimously. So it's yeah, kind the of Senate amazing. Did, and then the House had thirteen or fourteen holdouts. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was interesting to read on some right wing blogs that it had actually taken the place of Christmas on the federal holiday list, and the war on Christmas is now over. It's they've lost. <laughs> Christmas lost? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I like the comparison. We have a, our front page story tomorrow is about uh, the Juneteenth celebration in Centralia on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and one person just kind of noted that it's like adding another Independence Day to the summer because you've got your July 4th and now you've got your June 19th. Yeah. I'm a big so, fan of that. I think it's good. All the way around. Yeah. And I think that the timing couldn't be better. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good addition to our slate of state and federal holidays. <laughs> Which Aaron will be enjoying this following year. Uh, yes. I, <laughs> I, I don't know why you're looking at me like that's so crazy. Well, state employees, you guys just get every single possible hey, holiday Just have off. a good time, buddy. Every day, every day. You don't know what it's like in the private sector. I, yes, if only I had some experience <laughs> in a newspaper. Uh, and in a somewhat related story, I believe the Juneteenth celebration was at the new Pine Street Plaza. It was in not. It wasn't. What was, was going at, on? It at the was Pine at Plaza? Uh, the much more apt George Washington Park. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. What was going on at Pine Street Plaza? People were just hanging out, you know, kicking it. Uh, so George is Washington the... Park just outside the library. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So like three blocks away. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure there were some crossovers. Keep it down. Um, <laughs> so is the Pine Street Plaza, is this permanent? It's going to be there forever? Uh, it's going to be there through October 31st. It got some yeah. grant funding to get it all set up and everything, so I'm not sure how long it goes, to be honest with you, if it's going to be permanent or not. But, it's, I mean, I don't think there's a ton of cost associated with it. Um, Just for those two huge cinder blocks. Just yeah. blocking off a street. Yeah, those cinder blocks look like they took them from, like, CHOP. 
<laughs> wow. Or Chaz, as I call it. Chaz. <laughs> yeah. Well, discount, I'm sure. Um, yeah, they just need like a uh, like a permanent beer garden over there. I think it's a it's a good idea. It would have been nice to have, um, you know, back during like the fall and winter. I know people were less likely to be outside, but if they could have just like covered that area in tents, maybe it's something they can do if if the maybe pandemic cover flares the tents and like build some walls around it, and then you know fill in the <laughs> roof and. <laughs> We throw in some sewer, some plumbing. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, a really nice plaza. Build a, a countertop over which you serve alcohol. You beverages. act like that's so outrageous, but you and I shivered in the cold in an enclosed tent to be <laughs> safe from COVID nineteen at a bar. <laughs> Made no sense, and you know it. It's true. <laughs> Uh, all right. I vividly imagined that scenario. Just now. <laughs> it was so cold. It yeah. was as cold then as it is hot now. So trying to turn on the little heater things, not knowing how. They never work. <laughs> Everybody's sitting just as close together, but you can see their breath moving, so you know where the COVID's going. <laughs> yeah, just dodging it matrix style. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next news item: Once celebrated on Alaska company leaves behind one hundred thousand gallons of hazardous waste. I'm sorry. In 2014, Onalaska Wood Energy opened, turning forestry scraps or wood into <laughs> biochar, which was a climate mitigation thing. By 2020, it had shut down and left a buttload of toxic waste hanging out. So at the request of the state... The phrasing there. The EPA... Well, that's, that's not a quote from the story. Yeah, I know. The EPA initiated a nearly $890,000 emergency cleanup this week. Those astute mathematicians will realize that's $8.90 per gallon of toxic waste. It could be complete by mid-July. Backlogs at waste disposal sites mean the waste will be hauled off by trucks and trains to sites in Idaho and Utah. So they just take it, uh, take it across the border to Idaho and Utah and just dump it in the desert, I guess. Yeah. Your problem now, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a phenomena when I shared this story on Facebook over the weekend uh, of people both thinking we were trying to blame Jay Inslee for this situation and um, others thinking that he in, like endorsed it. Because of the line in the story, I don't know if you just read it, Governor Jay Inslee gave them $20,000 and called them one of the leaders in biofuel technology back in 2014, which was mm-hmm. to illustrate that they were legit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a, what a boondoggle. So do these people not get held accountable? Well, uh, I think the business like shut down and dissolved, so... Well, EPA. Okay, that's fine, but there's still people behind the business. An EPA spokesperson. Sure, I don't think you understand how business works. <laughs> an EPA spokesperson. God, trying to get the real facts around out here is just really rough. Uh, we have legal authority to really dig deep and look hard at who might be responsible, be it one company, ten companies, whether they're still in business or not. We've got smart people who can find who's responsible. And then we had a commenter uh, on the story who noted that uh, if you go to their corporation registration page, it's just a maze of subsidiary holding companies, companies. LLCs, and so they're basically bastards yeah, hiding. They've, they've really hidden who's going to be ultimately legal responsible. But uh, I'm sure the I'm sure the state will figure it out, and wow. I'm sure Jay Inslee will personally get his twenty thousand dollars back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got our top boys on it. <laughs> God. Uh, yes. That's wild, though. You ever gotten, like, overcome with a duty or job task and you just want to walk away from it? Imagine being these people and you're just like, oh, man, 100,000 gallons of waste. We're just going to walk away. Yeah. <laughs> nope. We're out of here. No. Nope. <laughs> just uh, leave it. Every time there was a tab due, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Another Swamp Cup tab. I'm out of here. Mm. Uh, just awful. Um, all right, and uh, sports adjacent story. Rochester renames baseball field for former teacher Justin Rotter. 
Rotter was a math teacher and coach. I believe he was 44 years old. He passed away last July. It seemed like everybody really liked him and appreciated the work he did. Uh, the field was previously named Heinz Field in 2003 after longtime baseball coach Larry Heinz. Uh, it is now renamed as Heinz Rotter Field, and it looked like Larry Heinz was on hand to uh, assist with the renaming ceremony. So that's, oh, that's cool. super cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very cool that they got Justin Rotter honored there, but do you think hot tank time? Uh-oh. Do you are think you, you going to do it? Do you think if uh, Jerry Strugel hadn't had Dylan Fosnott throw 194 pitches <laughs> that he would be included in this naming, <laughs> that it might be uh, Hein Strugel-Rotterfield? Uh, <laughs> no. Maybe they'll name like a uh, like the the bucket they keep the ice in for the pitcher's arms <laughs> after Striegel. All the sandbags. Uh, <laughs> nah, I the love stretching Striegel. equipment. Striegel got the, uh, the pitch count rule named after him unofficially. Streaks, streaks rule, and you know what? Streaks' decision has held up well. Dylan Fosnott, can st- he still has his arm and hasn't fallen off, and it didn't ruin his baseball career. So yeah, did not ruin his baseball career. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, streaks was right. Hot pitchers, take. Pitchers are soft these days, anyways. So. Yeah, Dylan Fosnott was not soft. <laughs> not he was a man soft. about it. It's not soft. <laughs> his parents owned a hardware store. Damn it! Not a single thing soft about him. All right, uh, guys, we gotta we gotta talk about something real quick. Look, none of us here are wealthy men. I'm sure you two have had the same struggles I've had over the years dealing with my landlord, just harassing me nonstop, shouting things at me. You can't burn your tires indoors. You can't paint for a good time call with your own number on the front porch. You can't store your surplus gasoline in the bathtub. It's not international waters because you dug a moat in the yard and filled it with snakes. Well, I, for one, have had it. So I made a call to Summit Funding. Talked to my friend Jason Gillespie, who's one of the best loan officers in the game. He got me all set up with the financing to buy my own home, where I can do anything I want that's not expressly forbidden in the U.S. Constitution as I interpret it. So if you guys also want to feel the pride of home ownership, just make the call. Call Summit Funding, 360-330-330. 4037. They're at 1616 South Gold Street in Centralia. You can find them online at summitfunding.net. That's Summit Funding, the home loan experts. All right. And now time for Tales from the Takes page, uh, a.k.a. the opinion section. Our first take comes from one Michael Wigger. Headline, don't be fooled by hot temps, water shock, a killer. And in this column, which offers advice and, uh, you know, safety precautions for going in the water in the summer when it is hot, but the water is not, took Michael impressively until the sixth paragraph to mention his sick lakeside (laughs) F-shack overlooking Party Cove, baby. (laughs) His lakeside what? I think he mentions it just to troll you now. I think he he does do. Has to be. Do we know that he's a regular listener? I don't know that he, anyone is a regular listener. I don't know that anyone listens, period. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we're keeping, uh, keeping no, track was, of the stats. This was a good column by Michael. He provides some uh, needed advice, and as a lake regular, he is the one to dish it out. And his column rival, Brian Mitke, also they took are the not piece. rivals. <laughs> <laughs> This imagined columnist rivalry that you have is just its too far. I feel like we've had an imagined Chronicle universe versus the real Chronicle universe for quite a while now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
so anyway, Brian Mickey went fishing. His column is bottom fishing and other deep subjects. So oh, nice little play on words there. He throws a Woody Guthrie quote in there at the beginning. Because if literally anyone would do it, that's Brian Mitke. Yeah. Uh, Mickey is the only Chronicle columnist that would throw Woody Guthrie in there. So Mickey went on a fishing trip out of Westport, and I would bet my life that he asked the captain more questions than anyone else. <laughs> there is yeah. no... <laughs> I won't dispute that. He is, he is a very inquisitive man. Very he inquisitive. is very much the guy standing next to the captain asking him everything about the boat and the sea and the fish. And it was reflected in his column when he gave the history of some of the, the crew guys on the boat and the captain and everything else. And it sounds like uh, one of his children caught a ling cod and cooked it for dinner the next night. And it sounded delicious. Good for I, Mickey. My favorite part of the whole column was uh, he wrote, I couldn't help feeling a bit for the flounder we used as live bait. I don't know how much introspection their little fish brains are capable of, but on some basic level, they probably assumed that being caught earlier that morning was the worst thing that would happen to them. They were wrong. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Only a rare moment of savagery from Ryan May. It's good. That's not savagery. Yeah, that's reflection. He's feeling bad for the fish. It's so. like a poor I fish. feel like it was almost kind of a, but, but they were wrong. Felt very definitive. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> they that's were a, wrong. It's just a good line from Mickey. It really made me wonder how much introspection their little fish brains have. Next to zero. I'm a fish owner, have so you it's important them? to me. Have you looked them in the eye? He'd probably say the same thing about you, Kilgore. <laughs> I mean, how many times they actually... <laughs> Kilgore. <laughs> just like to imagine Kilgore's just mean-mugging every fish he sees. <laughs> you stupid fish. It's true. <laughs> Idiots. Uh, and the last column we will mention in this section of the podcast, Peter Abarno. Uh, is he a regular columnist now? I saw mm, he's got another one. No, he did submit another one, um, and we did run it, but not regular, <laughs> just occasional. We'll allow them when they're not running for office, politicians, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to see a Peter Abarno commentary, you should vote for me. <laughs> no, reasons why you should vote for Peter Barno. No, I don't think so. Uh, anyway, Peter Barno wrote a Father's Day column. Children don't need a perfect dad. They just need you. Uh, good column by Peter. I agree. The key to being a dad is just giving a shit. Yeah, I sweated it way too much before I had kids. I was like, it's going to be terrible. A friend of the podcast, Brandon Hansen, he's going to be a father here pretty soon. Yes, did you Brando. send him a uh, present yet? Not yet. Plan to. I did. Uh, we know he's an anxious guy, though. I sent him two presents. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yes. One of them was from alcoholic uh, delivery service Drizzly, and the other one was from their registry. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. He needs booze. That's what he needs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I need that registry. No, but Peter is absolutely right, I think. You just, you just got to show up, be there, be present. It's not rocket science. No. Well, you weren't going anywhere with the Brandon's an anxious boy? No, I was just saying he's anxious about it, but ultimately all you have to do is just kind of show up. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, no, yeah. he's going to be an awesome dad, too. Yeah, he'll just be pretty good. Note. He'll be fine. <clears throat> Mediocre at best. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the key, though. I mean, yeah. Lo- loving your kid. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, what a shocker. Um, People's Champion of the Week. I have several nominees. Uh, I uh, left one off. It could be Dads. Because yesterday was Father's Day. It could. It could Get be it? Dads. Get it? Yeah. feel like that's... Uh, Hard pass from Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, other options. Always modest. Festival organizers. We had Swede Days and Egg Days take place over the weekend, I think. Another option, young adults who graduated from something. PL High Schools and Trey College. Mm. Any takers on any of these? Mm. And the other one, Alan Browning, golf coach and new Shahila school board member. Well, he hasn't started yet. We can't, can't be giving out. He's also uh, son of Tim Browning, I believe. 
Tim Ooh. Browning, who's running for Centralia School Board. Oh. Mm-hmm. He's hmm. uh, he's my favorite local mobile notary. Good old oh. Tim Browning. I feel like we should Title go with... Title guarantee uh, uses him a lot. We should go with uh, Roy Richards. You're going to have to pay if you're dropping ads on here, Kilgore. Uh, I got you later. <laughs> Just joking. Uh, late Winlock historian Roy Richards. He was the uh, posthumous grand marshal of the Winlock Egg Days Parade. Huh? What about him? Yeah, I'm sure. I think he's been People's Champion of the Week before, hasn't mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. Sure. Can sure. we just say, though, like, how tragic is it that Winlock celebrates its 100th anniversary of Egg Days, you know, I'm not post-COVID yet, but during a time where they couldn't really make it everything that a centennial should be? Oh, from people I know that went there, it was just like it would be run in any other year. You it think was so? pretty packed. It just didn't feel like it had the same publicity. And well, you know, the mayor of Winlock is a big supporter of COVID protocols, Kilgore. I don't know if you've followed the news lately. Mm-hmm. I try not to. But you guys keep me apprised, so I'm not surprised. (laughs) Anyway, uh, shall we move on to the Sirens Banger of the Week? Oh, boy. Your favorite, favorite time. I mean, why do you dread these? They're awesome. I used to live in the 600 block of South Pearl Street, which is where this crime occurred. Uh, I don't recall there being any bamboo. Somebody reported bamboo being stolen from the 700 block of South Pearl Street. Where were you at 1.30 p.m. on June 16th, Eric Schwartz? Schwartz, Not stealing bamboo. You really missed an easy uh, Sirens Banger of the Week headline by not using bamboozled. Mm. Huge. Are you kidding me? Wow. You're right. Well, you think you would have sold out? (laughs) That's good. That's good. If it's good Uh, enough for USA Today, it's good enough for you. That's good. The other option for Sirens Banger of the Week was somebody threatened to murder somebody with a crossbow. Ooh. But that was a little dark. Well... Wait, so <laughs> bamboo was reported stolen. Was it one of those potted plant things that just showed up, ripped them out, and left? Uh, I don't know. Bamboo's kind of an invasive species, so, you know, maybe it's not the worst thing. <laughs> it's maybe, maybe having bamboo stolen is not the worst thing. <laughs> you just get some more. Uh, have they interviewed local pandas? <laughs> <laughs> no response. I've, I've got nothing. I was... <laughs> I was actually ignoring you and looking ahead to see when I was going to use my pass. We just reached a level of trivial childishness in this podcast that uh, Eric has we, tuned out we of. will reach that level again. It is time for Facebook comments of the week. <laughs> uh, oh, let's God. see. We start with Olympia man's shower interrupted by man with blowtorch. <laughs> the comment: It's getting to the point where you need to take your sidearm into the shower with you. And the response to that comment was, "You don't." From <laughs> County Coroner Warren McLeod. <laughs> was it oh really? My God. Oh, that's great. I love Warren McLeod. <laughs> That's incredible. We just talked about him what last week? Yeah, we talked. He's been a he's, he does he's a, been a hero of the week before. Yeah, yeah. I need to add Warren McLeod. Do you uh, guys read his comments and his accent? Uh, I try to. Yes, mm-hmm. incredible. <laughs> uh, on the Gail and Carolyn Shaw Aquatic Center opening July first. Too bad it's always overpacked. My kids felt they couldn't even have fun there. There was a lot of comments like this. Of mm-hmm. people be like, "That place sucks because there's too many people." Well, it's like Penny Playground, too. I've taken my kids there, and it's super, super, super packed. And it's just kind of the, I guess, the downside of, you know, not having similar amenities in other surrounding communities. So everybody just goes there. Veterans um, pool soapbox, question mark? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> not going there. No. <laughs> too hot. <laughs> too hot. There still? Were, the still? <laughs> there were a lot of comments about, why doesn't Centralia open its pool? Yeah. Hmm. As the owner of a pool, it's hard for me to identify. Wait, wait, you're the owner of what? <laughs> you're the owner of a kiddie pool? Kidding. An inflatable? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Not a boy. It's uh, got a filter system. It's a pool. The hose can't fix. <laughs> I'm going to skip this next section of comments. Uh, yeah, that's probably for the best. 
Let's see. On the Shahila school board deal, one of the comments, there were also cases where medical centers are taking kids out and giving them gender reassignment therapy without the parents' consent. This is often happening with manipulation of adoptive care as a punitive reaction. I doubt that. I don't think that's a real thing. Where does literally any of that come from? And another comment, perhaps replying to that one, was Jesus would not approve of gender reassignment or transgenderism. Wait, I see that in the notes it's in parentheses. I think that was a reply to something, yes. Uh, Oh, my God. Which, you know, I don't know Jesus' stance on on these matters, Uh, but I have a feeling he would be like, I don't know, just be nice to him. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of his deal. Maybe love him still? Yeah, I think he was big on you know loving people. So we've reached the point where uh, Aaron Vanti and Luke Kilgore are speaking for Jesus. Uh, That's yes. where we're at with this podcast. <laughs> well, it's pure speculation. We need to take a break. Yeah. Uh, yes, well, we could take a break before the next uh, Facebook comment segment. Ooh, biggin'. This is on John McCroskey's column on education uh, and its current foibles. And this was somebody arguing with somebody else about millennials. He says, or better yet, how many employees of yours feel they are entitled to sick pay, vacation, wages above markets, welfare, free insurance, free rent? Sick pay. Those entitled little shits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Benefits package. You don't uh, deserve that, assholes. <laughs> hey, Another comment. Sorry. Maybe the Chronicle should focus on people that don't suck. <laughs> uh, this is classic. <laughs> Obviously, the Chronicle is doing something right for the elite socialists to come running out screaming over a simple opinion piece. They are a prime example of the failed socialist. This time, they, oh, they always educate socialists. Uh, socialist education system that was shoved down the throats of Americans. The whining, whining? brainwashed socialist is music to my ears. Thanks, Chronicle, for real diversity of thought and opinions. So, congratulations. You Half have a of fan. that was broken English. Why you, I'm not John McCroskey. Why do you say congratulations? You have a fan. Well, he said congratulations. Thanks, Chronicle. Yeah, this, that's, that's you. You're the Chronicle. Anytime yeah. we post a John McCroskey column, doesn't matter what it's about. People come out just very, very angry and very, very happy. Like you can call the man the polarizing. Emotions. Eric Chronicle, Thank you. our co-host. They seem to think like we're bashing them overhead. It's a weekly column. Like we run it every week, but then we the get other, the same stuff. Like when Julie. McDonald writes her anti-Donald Trump columns. We get the same thing. That's just like, ah, oh, liberal chronicle, typical. You're chasing off all the conservatives. <laughs> and the same thing on letters to the editor. Huh. <laughs> and this last column. We got to curate burn those. the opinion page. We this need l- to put these side by side. Go the ahead. last <laughs> comment. Ask your Lord and Savior Inslee why Bill Gates just doesn't pay for everyone's education. Inslee's son is married to Bill Gates' daughter. Now, yes. I did a little homework. Bill Gates has two daughters, Jennifer and Phoebe. Ooh. Jennifer is married to an Olympic equestrian from Egypt, and Phoebe is like 21, and her boyfriend's name is Chaz Flynn. <laughs> Jay Inslee's son's wife does work for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, though. Mm. So, Dude, that's pretty much like being married. I, you know, actually, Bill Gates considers everyone who works for Microsoft to be his son or daughter. Well, some people are married to their jobs. You've heard that before. True. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, man. Whoever commented that, just throw your whole ass computer in the garbage. Just stop it. Potty mouth Kilgore over here. He literally said the S word like five times in this podcast. He's earned earned it. it. He's earned it. (laughs) I'm just joking. It's fine. I'm not going to start policing. What's coming up in tomorrow's paper, Schwartz? Uh, We got lots of stuff. We got the uh, Juneteenth uh, celebration here in Centralia as our lead story out on A1. Could you speak into the mic? I am speaking to the you mic. You are not speaking to the mic. I can't look at my computer and talk at the same time. 
Come on. I would is that better? Yeah, yeah, that is. See, now you are looking into your computer and speaking into the mic. You know, every time I talk, you're over there fiddling with the dials. Yeah, because I'm just, turning it up. Because We're going to get a new producer. Because your volume get a new sucks, producer. Schwartz. Gosh, I'm not even going to tell you what's in the paper it's now. All Buy it. $1.75. <laughs> it's on the racks tomorrow, 6 a.m. We have a story Schwartz about, out. We have a story about Shahela's baseball player, Tanner Vaughn, enjoying baseball. And there's some other stuff coming in, too. So hmm. I hope you pick up tomorrow's newspaper now that indignant editor Eric Schwartz has signed off. People complain that the the paper is a buck seventy five, and I just noticed the other day the Olympian is two fifty now. I believe oh. more more expensive for the Olympian than the Seattle Times, which is coming in at two dollars with zero sports coverage. Yeah, yeah. So buck seventy five, it's a steal. Wow, it is. Uh, everybody, get out there and uh, throw your seven shillings onto the counter. <laughs> Take you, you did the quick the- conversion for that. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> thank you very much as always we're sponsored by summit funding jason gillespie he's great uh we him. will be back next weekend with more boring takes on lewis county news thank you bye-bye